Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. In today's episode, we talk about what it takes to dig ourselves out of the trenches to become our brightest, shiniest selves. From tapping on our energy meridians to getting a mind-blowing lap dance in a Vegas strip club. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure-positive podcast where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex that you wish you got, and then some. This first season of Clit Talk is inspired by Regina Thomas Shower, creatrix of the School of Womanly Arts, leader of the Pleasure Revolution, and author of her New York Times bestselling book, Pussy, A Reclamation. In our last episode, we talked about the importance of allowing ourselves to rupture and how those darkest hours of our lives are when we give birth to new levels of strength, wisdom, and freedom. So today we're going to talk about what's on the other side of rupture, which is radiance. And radiance is that awe-inspiring inner glow that comes from discovering pleasure moment to moment to moment all around us, not just as an occasional practice, but literally as a lifestyle Radiance happens when you're turned on and juicy and excited by your whole world. And inevitably in that state, the world is turned on by you. Have you ever noticed that when you're turned on, that people around you are lit up by you? When I'm turned on, everything in my life just works. I get the parking spot. Traffic is amazing. Men fall all over me. Like, they love me. You know, life is just so great, and it's easy and effortless. And that's, like, when I'm in a great place, how everything's in my, goes my way. Besides being a conscious parenting coach, I'm also an, an EFT practitioner. And for those of you who may not be familiar, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it's a meridian-based therapy that can be used to heal trauma, to cure fears and phobias, to clear out any stress, anxiety. And I'm fresh off of my second retreat where I went to go level up and freshen up my skills. And there was rupture on that trip. I got triggered, which was to be expected. Uh, And I tapped my way through it. I tapped on my meridian points and I gave myself love and acceptance for exactly where I was at. I had a lot of memories come up, a lot of that stored unresolved stuff surface for the purposes of being healed. And I was absolutely radiant when my session was over. After that rupture, after moving through that rupture, my skin was glowing. The whites of my eyes were whiter. I felt lighter physically, mentally, and emotionally. I felt thinner. <laughs> I felt like all of a sudden my, <laughs> my clothes fit me differently because I freed myself up of some of that emotional baggage. And so I love having the tangible experience of being able to move through these ruptures and experience the radiance on the other side. Yeah, I I really got turned on, actually, by reading these two chapters, 
rupture and radiance because there are words from philosophers that I've been holding on to pretty much my entire life. And some of my favorite ones are that it's always darkest before the dawn mm. and that, um, you know, winter never fails to turn to spring. And these are concepts that talk about the correlation between this rupture and radiance. And there's also one very old, centuries-old uh, Buddhist uh, concept called uh, that says, the sufferings of hell can be extinguished in an instant. And when we're talking about choice, the choice to have the radiance at the end of the rupture, it's a choice, you know? Can we take this hell condition of hell that we're in through the rupture, which is normal, right? But how do we use the tools, like you were saying, the meridians and the tapping out? Where are our tools as mothers, as daughters, as wives, as people in the workforce? How do we take that turn off and turn it on when we're in a state of rupture? And I think that's really where our power lies, to have that kind of hope which is just optimism that we can do it. We can get through the rupture. Yeah, your quote made me think of another quote, which is um, "Winter is coming." Was that was that in this book too? That's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Winter is coming. No, but but what I, what I hear what I'm hearing you say is like, yeah, like let's like discover some of these tools. I know in the book that in this book they actually do mention an exercise called swamping mm-hmm. that you can do, and just really like, what does it look like to be okay with? having ruptures, having a range of emotions as humans, whether you're a mother or a a father or daughter, you know, and being able to be human and also be responsible through different tools and different things that you can do to really help yourself move through from rupture to radiance. And um, we've swamped together before. (laughs) It's really effective. Yeah, like have you ever noticed when you're in a shitty mood and you just, you got to shove it under the rug because you got to handle business? And you might not be turned on, but you effectively hid that shit under the rug. You know, it's important to handle business when you need to handle business. But the most effective thing, at least in my experiences, is if I need to go handle business, rather than do what is so natural to me, to shove it under the rug, to in that moment process it in whatever way works in that moment. You might not be able to uh, swamp it out where you are. Because when I swamp, I look like a gorilla you know, I'm like, I get all into it, all all primal with it. But you might be in a place where you can tap, you know, or you can just hold your pussy and meditate. And so I really encourage our listeners that next time you, you know, oh, you're feeling like crap or you're sad rather than do what you would normally do. Take that moment and that space and, and process it in whatever way works for the environment that you're in. I definitely have a lot of emotions running through me when I'm experiencing rupture and there's a whole lot of thoughts that come through my mind. And I think the one thing that works for me since reading this book has just been masturbating. (laughs) Really just like finding a quiet space and (laughs) going through the hell that is the hell that I'm experiencing and touching myself and just letting myself know I'm beautiful. I'm I'm worthy, I'm strong, I'm capable, and that I can get through it. And that connecting with myself that way makes a difference. It's beautiful what I hear you saying. It, it's really pointing to self-care and the different types of things that we can do to help ourselves feel good, whether it's masturbation or making ourselves a cup of tea or meditating, going outside and feeling the sun on our skin, listening to the birds chirp. And there, there's really no way 
to not be radiant when you're taking care of yourself, when you're putting your self-care first and foremost. So it sounds like when it comes to our relationships with ourselves, there's a whole lot of choice around our turn on and being turned on and, and making choices that get us into that state of radiance. My question is, are you able to do that with another partner? Make that choice to turn on when you're not feeling turned on, especially in the bedroom. Uh, yeah. So my husband and I, we used to have to make a how many times we're going to have sex a week. Otherwise, we would never do it. <laughs> you to, like, like track it. We Wait a minute. <laughs> what? We it was would, on a list? We literally would put it on a list to make sure that we were doing it because we would just be so busy, so exhausted, like— not want to not even have the space to be like, that's fuck. <laughs> and Less we just fuck. look at each other before we go to bed and we're like, I'm so tired. And just go to sleep. So what we've started doing from reading this book and being part of this conversation is my husband came up to me and he was like, I am feeling so stressed. And I was like, I'm feeling so tired. And he's like, you know, that whole chemistry conversation about how, you know, when you have sex and you're turned on, it raises your nitric oxide in your body and balances out your hormones. He's like, can we do that? So we just, I was like, (laughs) yes, yes. Okay. And it actually turned me on when he said that. But we went and we had sex, like not like, um, crazy, like where I'm in lingerie, high maintenance kind of sex. (laughs) We just did it as for our health. And we felt so much better afterwards. Like all that heaviness that was, that we were carrying was lifted. Yeah. We really amazing. We do that too, but it's gotten to the point now where it's like, if we're angry, my boyfriend will just look at me. He'd be like, you need to get fucked right now. And I'm like, fine, let's do this. Yeah. And you have two kinds of sex, Lindsay? Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> okay, so we do. We do. I was, sh- I, was sharing, I was sharing with Tammy Co. earlier. So that we do have two kinds of sex, and we've had to like come up with an agreement about like <laughs> kind of scheduling it. <laughs> so, so for me, it's like I call it foreplay sex. Like I need the foreplay. I need, I need a titty massage, and I need you to lick the lips of my vagina before going straight to the clitoris, and I need you to kiss me for at least, like, ten minutes. Like, that's, like, I need the, the turn on, I need the foreplay sex. And he's, like, down for that probably, like, twice a week. <laughs> he's, like, that's fine, but sometimes I need the, like, I'm not a morning sex person, and he, like, it's, like, his favorite thing. So he's, like, that's fine, but, like, I'll, let's, like, compromise, right? It's, like, I'll give you a couple of, like, the foreplay sessions if you're willing to kind of just be down and give me, like, a quickie in the morning before I go to work so I can feel like a boss man. I'm, like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. And they're both enjoyable for me in different ways, but I really notice for myself I need at least one really good, I call it foreplay sex session uh, before I can just get, like, you know, quick. <laughs> quick in there. Yeah, so <laughs> that brings us to... When you really think about it, are you doing what you want to do in bed? What would it look like if you had it how you really wanted it? Like, what would it take for your pussy to experience radiance? I don't know if this is true for other people that could be listening, but like sometimes I don't know what the fuck I need or want. And actually reading this book has helped me come to this place of, oh, 
I can do that. <laughs> I can actually be okay that I liked how my nipples sucked. Right? Yeah. So, like, yes. That's. <laughs> And you like, don't have to whisper it. In <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so new to being okay with it. Even if but you whisper it, it, it's still going to be listened to by lots of people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But like I put that out there because I feel like so many of the women in this room know so much about themselves already. And I'm like, wow, amazed by that and excited that I'm really discovering myself inside of this. Absolutely. Well, so. most women don't take the time to really get in touch with what they want. And that must drive men absolutely crazy. Like they want us to know what we want so they can be the ones to give it to us. And uh, so I just love that you're, you're, you're speaking for so many people out there. And even through reading this book, so many of us, including myself, didn't know what I wanted before. And I, I went to Vegas for my birthday last weekend and we had a great time. Yes. Party. <laughs> Lindsay was there. She was there. <laughs> uh, and it was so beautiful. There was a space that opened up with me for me and my husband to really talk. It was after we went to a strip club. First time we ever went to a strip club together. Haven't been in years. And I'm a bisexual woman in a marriage. And um, I've suppressed that. I'm, I'm still bisexual, but I don't act on it. There's no act toward that. Um, but it's definitely something I suppress. I mean, I can't lie. I am attracted to women. Not every woman, but there are women I'm very attracted to. So what, do I, what I've been doing is suppressing that. It's hiding that. But when we're at the strip club, you know, he's like, pick a girl. And I was like, all right, all right. And uh, I waited until I found like a girl I was, thought was really... Mm. You know, so I was like, I want her. And he's like, damn, babe. Okay. She's yeah. Okay. You picked a good one. All right. And, and we, she was giving me this lap dance and, and he, um, was just wowing the, the connection between the two of us and watching me get to be expressed like that turned him on so fucking much. I swear to God, before this trip, we probably would have never talked about ever uh, bringing another woman into our relationship. Like if we, if I, cause we would just, that was, that was an off, was, there, there was no space for that conversation in our marriage. But it, he literally said to me after the strip club, we talked till eight in the morning about all of our sexual desires. And this is because of this book, you know, this book opened up the space for that healing to happen in my marriage. And he's like, I, I really was so turned on watching you be fully expressed like that. I don't want you to have to suppress that anymore. I don't want you to have to feel like you can't see a beautiful woman and we can't create something where we can have a beautiful experience with that person. And it was so cute. He was like, as long as it enhances our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? Well, that's the fear <laughs> the more, for people the, being self-expressed in yeah. ways that they're scared that they're, that something negative will come from it. Right. Yeah. And the, it can, the moral of the but, story is just take your significant other to Vegas. Yeah. And <laughs> that do, is never the moral do, of any story. And going back to the question though, going back to the question though, you guys, is is the that for me what it would look like if I had it how I really wanted it? I mean, it wouldn't always just be the two of us. It wouldn't. <laughs> and now I get to have that fantasy that I've always kept to myself. Actually, I can create that fantasy into a reality. 
Um, so another woman, another beautiful woman, and mm-hmm, be so, that's what I really want. And I'm glad that I have a space in my relationship to have that. And I would just say for our listeners out there, if you are in a relationship and you don't feel like you and your partner can talk about these things, it's really great to just uh, set aside and do an exercise with your partner where you say, okay, we're going to put our egos aside for a second and we're going to have a really open conversation about our sexual desires or what turns us on or people we find attractive and just breaking that ice. Like, Hey, you know, our friend so-and-so like he's really hot. (laughs) Lindsay was pointing to herself. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the guinea pig. (laughs) And that's a really great icebreaker thing to do is to talk about maybe celebrity crushes, even just opening up that conversation and it is so healing and um if you're in a relationship where that isn't uh available to you and do and that i even that icebreaker conversation isn't available go to your women in your life and and talk it out with them and just have some faith in that in that realm i like this conversation a lot because we know the statistics are what 50 percent of people divorce is that what the statistics something 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 really super high right And I think one of the dating websites went down, uh, Ashley Madison, which is for married people and people in relationships. And basically somebody hacked it. So some of the names came out and got shut, shut down. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was really reading at that time, like, why is this website so popular? They're from Canada and making millions and millions of dollars. Why are so many people going behind their partner's back? And as I was researching and reading, what I realized through all the reading was that because unlike unlike you, Sugar, and your husband, these conversations are somewhat taboo within a marriage. But what you can do is, like you said, the celebrity crush, the talking about it is not saying we're definitely going to do it. Mm. It's the expression of what what turns you on, more importantly, and to be able to share that and listen with each other. If it turns into something, that's great. But if you really want your marriage to last or your partnership with whoever and it's long term because we know sex gets a little old sometimes and tired after time right ebbs and flows of marriage uh, in terms of sex so it's imperative to try to have these conversations with your spouse or your significant other so that you can express what you like and maybe together figure out what you like together. I mean, that's bonding. That's intimacy too, right? So I love that you did that. And sometimes people just need freedom. They just need to be feel heard and have freedom. Maybe they never even act on it. Yeah, there's actually a book that on our way up to Vegas, me and my boyfriend were listening to this book and it basically talks about the evolution of sex, starting with bonobos, which are a type of monkey, and and how we went from basically a, a c- civilization or, or beings or, you know, we weren't quite human yet, but even when we did start to be human, we lived in a society where we were hunter-gatherer and we lived in a community and nobody had like, we weren't um, partnered up with the same partner. And it really talked about how it just wasn't a big deal. And the invention of agriculture, in the earlier societies, everyone was equal, right? Women were the gatherers, men were the hunters. They worked as a team and as a community and they all survived together. Okay, great. So now the men are the farmers and women became property. But it's it's fascinating and it talks about how maybe biologically we're actually not supposed to be monogamous. And I'm definitely, I've been cheated on and I'm like, no, I'm monogamous, blah, blah, blah. But it, I think it's almost naive to 
not have those conversations with your partner and at least be open about it and realistic. Like men look at other women, women look at other men, like we're human, you know, women look at other women, men look at other men, you know. When I think about what, if I could have anything in bed, what it would be, honestly, (laughs) it would be a ritualistic sex temple kind of environment with a big, huge bed and flowing fabrics coming from some sort of canopy over it and all these like amazing pillows and these beautiful white sheets and definitely a gold bowl of grapes. <laughs> and That you know, makes me think of this like tantric porno that I watched once. Oh, say like, more. Tantra sex. It was, yeah, it's very beautiful with all the flowing fabrics and gold. And it's just, it was really like slow sex, really t- like, I mean, I think it just describes all the positions in tantra sex. Tantric- Wow. I would love to see that. (laughs) And yeah, for me, my hottest fantasy, and when I say hot in this context, really love is included. My fantasy for my future partnership is all about mutual worship. In your Mic drop. In, in in your Moroccan setting, right? <laughs> Moroccan's good. Any any region of the world that really pays attention to aesthetic beauty of environments. I feel really depressed in this conversation. <laughs> oh what does God. that mean? Yeah, Can you elaborate on that distinction? Hashtag depressed. Depressed is when you're not getting any dick and you feel a little depressed about it. Oh, nice. That's a good term. And I can say that when I'm expressing my creative Shakti energy in other ways, when my sacral um, my sacral chakra is turned on and I'm being creative and I'm expressing my creativity, whether it be through art or dance or song or I'm writing, that feels really good. And that that alone gives me the radiance that that I would like to emanate outward. So, ladies, dick or no dick, you can still radiate. <laughs> That's another t-shirt. You know, when I was single and feeling dick pressed, I just went to the hustler store and I bought a cyber skin dildo and that felt real. What what's a cyber skin dildo, <laughs> Lindsay? <laughs> It is, it's, it's a dildo that has a suction cup on one end. So you can like, you know, put it on the wall in the shower or wherever you want to put it. And, and there's this technology called cyber skin. It feels like human skin. That's kind of gross and awesome at the same time. You can also get a mold of your favorite porn star's dick and get any penis you want. Yeah. It's, it's all there. Jaws are How do you dropping. get their mold? Do you have to like find their publicist or something? Oh, it's like in the store. Like, <laughs> no, they're selling it. They're making yes, money off You write your bit. favorite porn star an email. Excuse me, can I please get a mold of your cock so I can make a cyber skin dildo? <laughs> Brad Pitt, here I come. <laughs> what if there's a man in your life that, you know what I mean? If you're like in a long distance, long distance relationship, can you oh, get yeah. a mold of his... Penis yes, like, they they actually do have places where you can do that. So, like, if your partner's a Navy SEAL and they're going to be gone for six months to a year at a time, you could totally get a mold done and then yes. just keep fucking. I mean, while that website. He's gone. Yes. So, for for do those they, of you who have friends in the military, you know the next gift you're going to get them. <laughs> do they have pussy molds too? Yes. 
<laughs> For all you men out there that may be pussy pressed. <laughs> I I just feel like I haven't really yet opened up in the bedroom about what I really want. And I've been really timid about this. I don't know what where it comes from, but I mean reading the book has made a difference for me in my sex life and with my uh my connection to myself and my own sexuality and femininity. But it hasn't really translated to me saying like, hey, Lindsay, when you um opened up about asking if he can lick your lips before he goes to the clitoris, like I haven't had that conversation yet. And it just leaves me feeling like I don't get everything that I want when I'm in bed. Um, And that's going to change soon. And that's where I'm at right now. What's it going to take for you to get what you really want? I definitely will have to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really great, like what you're touching on. I'm sure there's a lot of women out there right now who just maybe haven't had the courage or they just don't know how to ask for it. Well, and I think that there's something, just because you ask for it once doesn't mean that that's the way, that's what you're going to want every time. So why not do a trial and error of like what it, discovering what it is that you really want, but you do start by asking for things that come to mind. And a great tip my mom always gave me is start to ask the men what he wants first Mm -hmm. to open up the conversation. What do you really like? What, What would you like for me to try? And then you get him or her, whoever your partner is to start talking and then there's then there's like an opening because then the focus is on them first people love to talk about then then it's there and then you know your partner's like oh well what do you want it really hasn't been my um like i don't know if this is customary like i just i haven't had a habit of speaking while having sex well and that's actually well that's exactly what i wanted to bring up is that sometimes this conversation happens Mm pre-sex and sometimes you're asking with just moving their hand to that spot like it's physical, like just body language ass. But I wanted to say to the girls, because I'm still learning that for myself, what do you guys do to ask? Like, do you only do it before you're in the bedroom? Do it during sex? Like, what do you guys do? Like my pussy. Like my pussy. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah lick it. Yeah. Mine's yeah. really like in, in the act. I don't think I think about what I want before. Can you demo a request for us, Katie? You're so, you're so good at it, Eve. Why don't you do it? Here's the, here's Eve is the, the best. Thing. Here's the thing. So I know for me, it took me so, literally decades to discover how to ask for anything in the bedroom. And I feel like probably for our listeners out there that this is something that's really rife. Yeah. And so it's it's one thing to conceptually say, yeah, like we should just ask for what we want. No biggie. Okay, go do it, girls. And it's another thing to actually know what even the words sound like. Because for me, I mean, I grew up, I started having sex really young at 14. And, you know, I noticed with guys, it wasn't so much a conversation. It was like, here's my cock. Or it'd be like, take my hand, put it on the cock. Or like, take my head. This is the worst thing to do. Mm. Um, Would take my head and like push it down towards their cock so I could give them a blowjob. Instead of just being like, hey, baby, can you go? Would you be open to going down on me? Or like, I really like a blowjob right now. You know what I mean? I just be like, like caveman style. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want to create with any of my partners at all. Um, Unless 
that's the setup for the sexual session <laughs> where we're going to be doing with the, that with each other consciously. So I guess that's just why I ask is because, you know, to have people have yeah. the words in there. So I guess instead of just asking you to do it, I'll, I'll do one. And then maybe I, could do I mean, I have a couple of things that come to mind. Oh, yeah. Ooh, now she's so, ready to go. <laughs> I was like put on the spot. Now I'm like, hmm, now that you elaborated. Okay. So first thing that comes to mind is blowjobs. They're my least favorite thing to do. And what makes me really like doing them is laying down pillows and making sure that my husband is in a comfortable position because I actually have a neck injury. So it hurts my back to kind of be in positions that aren't comfortable. So I actually set myself up with pillows and and I but I like ask him for what I want and I make sure that he's comfortable and I really and he and then sometimes I just there was this one time where I just went right in to do it and he's like, Can you kiss down my whole chest and can you like lick around my balls and like kiss me before you actually go to it the tease so when I was asking for pillows and making sure that I was taking care of making sure that he was taking care of it he started asking for what he wanted and it made it so much easier for someone who doesn't enjoy doing that to to be like oh like if you tell me what you want like that actually is more fun for me um, and then when he's going down on me, cause he loves to do it and I'm actually, I'm becoming more of a fan, but I used to be really uncomfortable with it. And, um, I find myself start laughing if he goes right for my glitters. Like I just burst out laughing. And, um, so I've really started to ask him to kind of do the same thing that he asked me to do, like kiss around everything, like lick it gently, like don't touch, don't touch me like really hard, like wait for the opening. And then, um, and then I actually guide his hands like where, I mean, I watched an orgasmic meditation video and I put his hand, his fingers like right where I can feel it the most. And he lets me like we've had conversations where he just lets me take his take his hand to kind of control the motion of how I've really been discovering how I like it since I just started masturbating when I read this book. So it's really been uh, exploration, but it's fun to ask for what you want. Yeah. And for for Katie, the good thing is that she's in a monogamous you know, marriage, you're, right. in, a, you're in a marriage, right. you have a real partner. But sometimes those of us that are just meeting somebody, or it's like the first couple of times, you know, this desire to connect on a sensual level, not just a fucking level, but, you know, kiss me around there, touch me like this, tease me like this. It's about our human sensuality more than just the physical act, right? It's about being loved, right? Being cherished. So it's not easy to do when it's like the first couple of times with somebody, but there's very something very specific that I do talk about when I'm with somebody who's kind of new to me because you really don't know their size and how they like to do it, right? So when they start doing it from behind and they're too big, for me, it's painful. 
maybe not even so much at the moment, but the next day it's like my uterus or something is sore and I don't like that. And I don't want to have sex like that. So instead of saying like, oh man, you're too big. Don't do me from behind. You know, that would ruin it. Right. I'll just say, I'll just stop and I'll just look at them and I'll just say, Hey, would it be okay if I got on top and I could, you know, have my, my uh, breasts in your face. And of course they're going to be like, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's how you ask. I, 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 run been... into the, I run into the exact same thing with my boyfriend and I, what I say to him, I just say, careful, careful. And he like loves it. He, he says it to me all the time. Like he'll come up behind me. I'm like making eggs in the kitchen. He's like, careful. I appreciate what you're putting in Timmy Co about sensuality because I think it's important to note here that radiance doesn't just come from sex or any sexual foreplay or anything. It's possible, like we mentioned earlier, to experience radiance moment to moment all around you to discover that in your life day to day. I had an experience last night. I mentioned earlier that I was on a retreat and on the last night, we have something called a deep feast. And during the deep feast, there is noble silence. So no one is speaking, only moaning if that feels right to you, if that feels appropriate for whatever sensation you're you're having. And the way that it works is everyone gets a plate of food and you sit down with another person or multiple people, depending, and you point to what you would like to eat. And that person picks up the food and depending on whatever their expression is, they'll have you smell it and you really get to use your sense of smell to stimulate yourself. And then they'll feed it to you or they'll put it on their body and have you eat it off of them. And of course, there was a really safe container. We all know each other. It was super safe. There were boundaries and limits put in beforehand. Uh, But it was an experience of sensuality unlike any other I had had before where I was finding pleasure in the smells of my food, in the colors, in the distinct tastes in feeling the skin of another person uh, against my lips. Uh, just the just the safety piece alone was really nice to know that I could explore play and sensuality and be sexy about it. So I was definitely, there was like a sense of sexuality without being like, we're going to go fuck after this. Um, but rather just for the purposes of experiencing ourselves as sensual beings and really getting to fill each other up without having to bring in uh, the sex aspect to it. I think we should all eat food off of each other. <laughs> yeah, let's all yeah, feed each other. Total, I'll, I'll set up a deep feast for us. It's really deep special. Feast. It's mm-hmm. really magical. Mm-hmm. We're all wearing white. The lights are dim. It's candle lit. There's there's beautiful music playing. It's really there was rose petals everywhere. It was so special. There's pillows on the floor, and it's yummy. It's well, a we way can of do sharing. An episode of that after we've done it. Oh, ah, we have a deep feasting episode. We'll deep about. feast. Ah. I'm down for that. Not it might need to be a fist. five part. <laughs> <laughs> you might want a deep fist after the deep feast. <laughs> Hashtag deep feast. So everyone out there in our audience, let's take a moment to do an exercise together. If it's safe, 
Where you are right now, go ahead and close your eyes and take a deep breath from the deepest part of your belly. Touch your pussy or your cock. And imagine your ultimate setting for sensuality. Is it out in nature? Is it in the bedroom? Is it in public? There's no environment too ornate or perfect. What are you wearing? What do you see around you? What can you smell? How do you feel? Who's there with you? What are you doing? Take in the whole scene. Now we invite you to see what elements of that scene you can bring in with you to your next lovemaking session, either with yourself or your partner. And finally, our sweet, sweet closure to the episode, the mystical, magical pussy chant. Just chime in whenever you feel inspired to say, Pussy, 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 did you just love this episode of clit talk well shit then you better head on over to itunes and subscribe but only if you want amazing orgasms also while you're over there please rate us and leave a review but again only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships. And if you email us a screenshot of your review to clittalkcontest at gmail.com, you will be automatically entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We can't wait to give you some free shit.